Hello and welcome to another new game plus. This is another one of our series of game recommendations. Um, last time we tackled JRPGs and we talked a little bit about maybe hitting on Western RPGs, but not all of us have played a ton of them. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to try to hit on just all the categories that we think we've got enough for each of us. And the first one we thought of was puzzle games, which to be fair, talking with Paola a bit about this, when when I first suggested the idea, oh, puzzle games, I was like, I know what a puzzle game is. And then as I started, you know, going through and trying to select things, I went, oh my God, what the fuck is a puzzle game? <laughs> like, I guess Tetris counts, but like Tetris finishes eventually. And then I don't know, like, you know what I mean? Like, anyway, so what we're going to try to do is define what we think a puzzle game is first before we jump into our recommendations, because it does seem as though it encompasses a lot of the gaming sphere one might say i don't know does anyone have a definition that they've got on on hand i suppose the first thing that's worth mentioning and you sort of hit on that is almost every game has an element of puzzle solving like Mm -hmm. games that have fighting in it it's just creative puzzle solving on a very very specific sort of time limit um and even games like god of war have overt puzzles in them but i suppose Mm -hmm. when you're talking about a puzzle game it's a game where a majority of your time, I would say at least sort of 50%, is spent with progression gated by mm-hmm. a puzzle. Mm-hmm. That, that's the way I've been thinking about it anyway, when I was looking at the games that I've played and what I wanted to bring to the table today. Yeah. And that feels yeah. to me like the most concise definition, right? Like, and obviously I think we do run into some issues where like, Yeah, like it's funny because I think of a game like Tetris is always the one that that hits me in the head because it it feels very much like it is definitely a puzzle game, but then it also has more of those arcadey elements because technically you're not really solving something, but you are solving things as you go along. Like you do have to like put the pieces in the right positions, which I guess is also an element of puzzling is like there's usually something that you have to manipulate into. Um, yeah, to you're, solve you're fitting something. shapes. Yeah. You're fitting shapes in and... Um... I want to let Paola in, but I do have a lovely segue that I would take off the back of that. But anyway, yes, Paola, you're going to say something. Oh, yeah. Uh, mainly what you already said, that most of the time, like most of the gameplay is spent during puzzles or pretty much like critically thinking about that next step to to pretty much get to a, like an end state. That is supposed to be like the puzzle being solved. Yeah, and and if you're if you're being Weasley like I was a moment ago with talking about combat games being creative puzzle solving, I think at that point you you have to pull yourself back. I think it, mm. it's really weak source, but like you know it's a puzzle. Like, go on, actually. Oh, stupid car Please. going really fast in the background. I hate this town. <laughs> Whatever. It's oh, if only you could have seen Alex's face at that precise moment. So annoying. It was great too because the moment that noise hit, it's always you know when an external noise comes on, it's always the moment when someone asks me a question <laughs> without yep. fail. Always. <laughs> That's just the law yep. of recording. Um, but yeah, no, I I agree, and like I think you know we sort of laugh, but it's like. There was that old, like, it's it's that old friggin', I think, 
something is in the Senate. It's just Scalia, the whole porn thing. Yes, yeah, the porn like, thing. Yeah, I know it when I see it. Yeah. I, know it I didn't want to make it. that reference, but now you've brought it <laughs> up. Yeah, but like, because it, it's it's true in a lot of ways, right? Like <laughs> you're like, I know when I know it, when it's a puzzle game, I can tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty obvious, but I do think it's fun to try and figure out these sort of definitions because from the games that we're going to recommend, we'll see that there's a lot of variation. I think even within these, um, on that sort of take of puzzle and. And obviously these days too, I think that like pure puzzle games are a little more far and few between. Like they they are very much usually a blend of genres in some ways, um, mostly because I think that to create something that's a pure puzzle is actually very, very, very difficult. <laughs> and you've got a big yeah. market share of Candy Crush. Like it's hard to make something in that space that's going to have cut through and be viable. Yeah. And there's also this... Oh yeah, go ahead, Pat. Yeah, the thing with deciding puzzles because... Remember, we we designed a puzzle game, uh, exclusively a puzzle game for the game mm. jam. The difficult part about making the levels is that you have to make sure that there's one solution and one solution only, or that if there's a second solution, it isn't going to break the puzzle. Yeah, and then there's also this sort of I don't know. I feel like there's this kind of assumption that if the game is solely puzzles, that it thus must be sell, sold for less right like i mean look at picross look at even things like box boy like they're always these kind of like considered budget titles even though i would argue that it's a shit ton of brain <laughs> to like create these interesting uh puzzles but it's like without the frills of gaming around it without maybe narrative without the spectacle yeah there's almost this assumption that it's like well if it's just straight game it's straight puzzles can't pay too much for it which i don't know that might just be a reality of like how much people are actually willing to invest in these things um but it might also just be because you know what place picross at about 10 bucks and you bet your ass i'm buying it you know (laughs) like there's a whole bunch of reasons for that Yeah. yeah so should we dive in then um without further yeah ado. so i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna pull my segue back from the brink so uh the first category that we have is introductory games so puzzle games with little to no experience required and, and speaking of tetris and fitting blocks into shapes uh my pick is one that came to me courtesy of Paolo, and that's Invento. Mm. um it's just adorable little cats putting sushi in boxes and it's on mobile it's lovely it's bite size i feel like if an alien came to planet Earth and wanted to like try a puzzle game, that's the one I would put in front of them. Yeah, that is actually my pick too. So, oh, the... so it is. I didn't even notice that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Rick, why are you like this? Uh, um, Oops. I did the thing about it... as well, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've been up. Oh my god. I think the thing about. Invento that makes it so accessible, not only because it is um, on mobile or pretty much everywhere, is that it has very a very simple concept, a very like a core concept, very few ways to manipulate this concept, and it uses it to like the maximum potential. And it doesn't really use it doesn't really use words. Like you just see the pictures see what you're supposed to do and it is very intuitive in a way that you just know how to play it in a way and it's worth saying the difficulty curve is perfectly pitched there yeah there's always a balance between pushing you a little bit to stretch your ability throwing new things at you 
without overwhelming you or, or, or asking too much of you. Certainly that was my feeling. I think our feeling, because we all played it, didn't we? Our feeling with that game when we played it. There's a cute little mm-hmm. story too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. At least for a sure. Yeah. And uh, Alex, quite predictably, and to be fair, this is a better segue if I'd spotted it. <laughs> yeah, because I'm talking actually about Tetris. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was I was a little torn on this actually. So I, I kind of have two answers that are the same really for this one. Where like one, if you're more, I don't know, if you're someone of who plays games in general or is younger and is like, like, you know, playing games now, I would recommend Tetris Effect as a good one to get into. But also though, like if you're, I don't even know, a little older or whatnot, or even just like more like open to playing older games, I would actually say Tetris for the Game Boy would be possibly the best one to get you in on because like, the thing with the te- with Tetris for Game Boy is that it is really Tetris distilled. Like it is the very simple version of Tetris, even the NES version. But I'm like, ah, it's gonna be hard to get that one. At least with Tetris for Game Boy, you could literally just pop that on your phone easily, pretty much. But like, the reason with that is like, there's no holding um, bars. There's still not that like drop down. Like you can hold to make them go down faster, but there isn't like the immediate drop down. So like the controls are very simple. It's just here they are. You can rotate them. You push them down into space. Very very simple. And I think what I love about Tetris itself is that, like, we, I mean, we talked about how puzzle games usually are gating your progress, right? It, you know, you have to complete something in order to continue on. But I, th- I think what I love about Tetris is that the only thing that is gating your progress is your skill. And that's very much like in the arcade sort of sense of it, right? Like where it pulls from the kind of arcade sensibilities where it's more about like playing to challenge yourself and get better. But then there is that puzzling element of like, how do I get all the pieces to fit together to get those Tetrises? Um, How do I manage my board? How do I get those skills better and better? And so for me, I feel like it's such an excellent way to get in because it, it, it kind of unlocks that loop in your brain of like, oh, this is fun. And oh, it's nice to get better. And oh, this is challenging. Oh, you know, like that. And the music's dope. But you know, like, that kind of um like we've talked about this before too but like even in bento i didn't finish right because like i just i just bounce off of puzzle games eventually and i feel like that's like a very common problem with a lot of puzzle games these days but especially the mobile um puzzle games because they're almost designed to be played you know ad nauseum just like forever and ever and ever um so that you keep popping in you know buy your candies or whatever you know what i mean (laughs) so Mm -hmm. which is great like it's awesome that you can keep playing them but then you also just sort of inevitably go like, ah, oh, fuck it. Um, and you just kind of leave, which I don't know if there's a real way to solve that because you do want them to get more challenging as you go along. Um, but yeah, that's why like Tetris for Game Boy for me really feels it. But then I also recognize that for a lot of people, they're just like, I'm not going back to the goddamn Game Boy. I love it, but hey, some won't. So like Tetris Effect, I think is one of those like real sort of level up kind of games where it's just, it, it, it you know, pairs Tetris with these visual, just visual beauty. Um, and so... Yeah, I think for me, that's where I'd go. And I'm also just obsessed. Like, you know, I play Tetris all the fucking time. Like, whenever I'm, like, sitting, um, sometimes if I don't want to play Picross or something, I'll just grab my Game Boy and I'll play, I think, a Tetris while watching TV or something, you know? Because it's just, like, yeah. Clears your mind, get a good puzzle going. <laughs> so that's my... And, you know, it sold the basically made the Game Boy what it is, you know, being a pack-in. So I'm like, clearly it's got something good going there. <laughs> Sure, there's that historical component too, almost like a um, rite of passage kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's also part of why I thought, mm, it's probably a good intro game because I think it probably was a lot of people's intro game. <laughs> mm, for sure. All right. Um, all right, well, why don't we move on then to 
what we consider to be a foundational game. So a game for people who've got some experience, like kind of a game that's like, this is like, yeah, you want to play a puzzle game? Boom, here it is. Um, so Paolo, why don't, why don't you go first? What do you, which one did you pick here? My, my pick is The Room. Mainly because it is simple in the sense of you are like just in this room with these books and you have to start over in these books. And it's scratch like a very um like a sorry. Like it scratched the each of like that escape room kind of game. And I feel that it has some very good like puzzle design in a way and i recommend the room in particular over the room two and the room three because it has is i don't know it's like uh the the core idea of, of the whole series made into like this little package that is like just the right length and for puzzle games especially like I feel that it is very dangerous for them to overstay their welcome because as you said, Alex, people just bounce off of them. And I feel like the room was like just the the, the right length, scratched the right age for me that it was um escape room games or like puzzle box games like combined. Hmm. And it has this thing that all the puzzles are like connected together in a way. Hmm. If you know what I mean, like it isn't like, oh, I'm solving this puzzle first and this puzzle then and this puzzle and they have like no connection. No, you have to solve this puzzle to get this piece to access this other puzzle to get this other piece and so on. Yeah, it's got a remarkably good hint system too. Like it doesn't give away everything, but it definitely like really guides you nicely. Yeah, like... And that's another thing that not a lot of puzzle games have, like a good hint system or a hint system at all. Yeah. Which actually, speaking of. (laughs) Speaking of. That's a good segue to The Witness. So this is is one of Jonathan Blow's games. And The Witness is, and I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it, it's fucking so fucking hard. (laughs) It's like Mm -hmm. absurdly difficult. I have not beaten The Witness. I have gotten very far into the witness. I have not beaten the witness. I will never beat the witness. <laughs> but what I will say is that if you've got experience with puzzle games and you really want to try like a very well-crafted outside the box puzzle game, I mean, this is your shit. Like it's it's hard to argue that it's not immaculately crafted. Like it's very, very, very well made. Um, and I think what is interesting about this game is like a little bit what you're talking about with the room and the reason i said like segue is like there's no hints really not that i remember maybe there are some but i don't remember any hints Um, not that i remember either and it's very much about like you know you're walking through and and you're meant to kind of discover and piece together things and yeah it's definitely a game that made me feel like an idiot but (laughs) (laughs) and you're probably going to feel that way like it's an extremely frustrating game um but at the same time, like, it's also compelling. Like, you want to figure out what the hell's going on. And when you do figure out certain puzzles, I found that it was, like, extremely rewarding. I, this is way too often used, but I'm like, this is definitely the Dark Souls of puzzle games. <laughs> I went there. 
<laughs> I went there. I went there. But all that to say that really, though, like, and and the feeling that I mean here, too, is that, like, you're going to be bashing your head up against a wall for a bit. And then when it does click and you get through it, it's like, yes, like that kind of experience, which, again, is a different experience than something like The Room, right? Like, there are puzzle games that kind of guide you along are challenging but offer you outs and then there's puzzle games like the witness which is like no no no, man like you're gonna figure this out or not and that's definitely what this one is which is why i would call it like kind of foundational in the sense that it's like you know if you're gonna play this like be ready for a difficult experience but potentially a, a quite revealing and interesting experience as well <laughs> no rick you're I like i don't like this one no i'm i'm not sold on that i i played a bit of the witness and i think it's uh there's definitely value to it. I thought of it as a study on stretching a single mechanic out to the absolute limits. Because ultimately, it's, it's a it's a game about joining dots up. Yeah. And yeah, they do a lot with that, sure. And I, I did like the, the way that the story is all in the environment. It's all sort of silent and contemplative. Um, I... I think it's a bit too esoteric. I think it gets in its own way in insisting that you work it all out. I think there could have been a few more guardrails. I think there could have been um, something to help nudge you along. I think it's it demands a bit too much to be a foundational game in the sense that, that we think of it, but that's the beauty of this format because yeah. you're perfectly entitled to your opinion on that, and as yeah. am I. And I mean, that's and, fair uh, too. Yeah. I think that like ultimately... And again, like it, it's one of these things where it, it's tough because, damn it, why is it? Why does it always come back to Dark Souls for me? But anyway, like it's that challenge of like, but I mean, like that idea of like, who does the game get made for? And I think you're right that ultimately, if if there are a few more guardrails, I think more people can come in onto this experience. But then there's also that question of like, okay, but I actually kind of want this to be a little more challenging so that you go through and and i see merit in both because like i'm i personally think lean a little more on your side of things where i'm like yeah you could make this a little more guard railing and whatnot yeah. but then i also recognize that i'm like okay but also maybe you just want this experience to be challenging and um and difficult for for to get through the option one. yeah let but me also, let me toggle it on or off i i understand that that um there's an argument that that taints the vision because you know that that option's there same way waypoints on a map uh, make people less worried about sort of environmental design um and obviously the devs get to do what they want it's their artistic expression that's my view i also wonder though because n- now i'm a little curious actually because i know at least in like combat and whatnot and like action games you know you can tweak things not too intensely but with puzzles it is curious because i i do sort of wonder like how do you scale these things besides just like is the only answer really just giving away answers to people you know like that's the Anyway, it, it, bigger question for this, but it is something that I, I wonder with a game like this. It's like, is it even feasible? <laughs> I don't know. I think it is. You approach it differently, but I think it is, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what is yours, Rick? So my pick, and I ummed an odd on this one, uh, is Ghost mm. Trick the Phantom Detective, mm. which is very narratively focused, but the narrative is so integral to the story, um, or the, the puzzles are so integral to the narrative, rather. So when I was thinking about this, I compared it to two games. One that we were discussing in, in the preamble, uh, which is Nine Hours, Nine Persons, Nine Doors. Um, mm. The escape room puzzles in that game are connected to the story. And some of the endings are, are, are bound to what you do or don't do in those sections. 
but the story functions perfectly well without them. Um, I don't think that really is the same in Ghost Trick. I think what you do in Ghost Trick is so fundamental. You can't take the story segment. You lose a lot if you take the story segments out. Yeah, and the story segments are woven into the puzzle anyway because the story moves with the Rube Goldberg kind of machine that you're constructing out of all the different inanimate objects that you play with. Um, another example, uh, and this is one that I thought about on the other side of it, is a game called Assemble with Care, um, where the, the puzzles basically are the story by a couple of sort of vignettes. And I think Ghost Trick falls between the two. I would be totally receptive to an argument that it's not a puzzle game, first and foremost, but for me it definitely falls on that side rather than being more of a, a visual novel type thing. What isn't in, in any kind of doubt is just how phenomenal the game is. Um, and we've all spoken about that in full fat episodes of the pod recently at the time of recording. Um, there, there are very few people who've played this game who don't come away thoroughly impressed and moved and um, engaged. Yeah, I mean, I think I would call. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I think so, I yeah, call so that an adventure game, right? Like, but again, adventure games really are are puzzle Such games. Such a loose term. Yeah, no. Hey, I hear you. This is the whole things about about terms, right? Um, but I will say that, like, I do feel like because the adventure game is usually the idea that like you're a protagonist in a s- interactive, like, story driven game with exploration puzzle solving as like the main mechanic and so like that's why i I feel like ghost trick is more that but at the same time that does not doesn't make it a puzzle not a puzzle game because that's a key part of adventure games right like i would almost say that that's kind of like one of the subgenres of puzzle games it's like oh you've got your adventure puzzle games which are more focused on the story and puzzle solving um i'm receptive to that let me boomerang that back on you though because when i think mm -hmm. adventure games in the type that you're talking about there i think more point and click i think more free movement i think more um interacting with an environment and and bringing objects from one place to another um whereas the the ghost trick stuff is is like a discrete puzzle where you've got moving parts that are all sort of in situ yeah Yeah, and even like getting from one place to another in ghost trick is kind of a puzzle because you have to again you have moving moving pieces and you have to figure out how to get to wherever you have to go next right Mm. right yeah, and I mean, I think arguably you're pointing and clicking in, in Ghost Trick. That's like the main mechanic, right? But um, touching and swiping. Um, I mean, yeah. it Ghost Trick is a gray area between three or four different genres. I absolutely accepted yeah. that because well, it's it's kind of its own thing, you know. Like it it very much is borrowing from these because I would argue that it 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 feels to me like it takes from the lineage of things like Monkey Island and stuff. Like even in like its its look. Um, and those kind of like um, graphical and then point and click adventure games, um, but ultimately it doesn't really matter. But you know, <laughs> like, um, that's kind of what comes to my mind when I think about it because it's it's so different from like the Ace Attorney games, which obviously are the same creator. Um, it yeah. falls between a few genres, doesn't it? Ultimately, and that I think that is so, a lovely yeah. segue to mm-hmm. the next category, which is our um, interesting takes on a genre. Um, and speaking of things that fall between, Paula. Why don't you tell us about your pick? Well, the, the gardens between, between. is a very <laughs> interesting piece because you have only three actions, pretty much. You mm. either um, advance the time, revert the time, or interact with something. And you don't directly control the characters of the story. You You just are you only are able to control 
the flow of time itself and given how the characters move or where the characters go you have to know like where or when to interact with something to either get to the other side activate something particular things like that so i don't know i haven't come across any other puzzle that has like so few moving pieces but at the same time it still has a good amount of challenge I really liked that game. Yeah. yeah. Actually makes me think a little bit of the It Takes Two segment where you're reminding time a little, actually. Like when you get yeah. Well. Actually, yeah. It's kind of like a game all around that idea. <laughs> Which they might be sure. similar lengths, to be honest, like those segments <laughs> together. Because Garden yeah. in Between is not very long, is it? Oh, it's about a couple of hours long, so yeah. um, I think it was on Game Pass like last time I checked. I don't know if it's still there. I'm not sure. So it's frequently on anyone sale. has Game Pass can go there and see if I'm right. I'm talking up my ass. But um Rick, why don't you tell us your pick this time? Yeah, so I've I've never hidden my love for this series, this series being the Box Boy series. Um, I think what makes these such interesting titles from a puzzling perspective is, um, you know, puzzle platforms where you you move blocks around to activate switches and stuff like that, or a dime a dozen. Uh, Mm -hmm. Very rare is the game where you are the block and you create the exact shape with which you manipulate the environment and and place things around and move them. and despite the fact that there is a little bit of platforming involved, uh, the games are such pure implementation of puzzling um, in that there's no visual fluff. It's all black and white lines uh, with the odd splash of color where, the, where it's relevant. Um, there's no big overworld. There's not really a fancy menu kind of thing. Um, later games do introduce cosmetic stuff, but if you want to ignore that and just play the puzzle, like it's very not in your face. Um, and the puzzling itself is just superb. Mm. I, I feel like I've said every every permutation of these games are phenomenal. Go buy them. I possibly could, and it's worth reiterating at the time of recording. Um, the first three games are all 3DS eShop exclusive, so your time mm. to obtain those legally, should you so wish, is running short. Um. Other less legal means are available if you're listening to this podcast after March 2023. And, you know, um, thinking about them too, because I'm currently playing through Box Boy and Box Girl, um, they're Mm -hmm. very, very good at focusing on a mechanic to like keep you focused on the puzzling that you're doing. Um, Because like each world is like very much like this is the thing that you're going to be experimenting with. And like you still have everything that you used before and you'll still use some of those, but ultimately this is what you're focusing on. And like, I just find it very, um, it keeps it from becoming overwhelming. And I like that the main goal is just get to the end, but you've got these extra goals within it. Like, Hey, can you do this with as few boxes as possible? Can you collect these extra little bits as you come through? And like, it feels like there's just enough to like really keep you going without overwhelming you within it. And I I think that's Mm -hmm. like a real strong suit of the game is that it's like, okay, I've got clear objectives within each level. I know what I'm going to be doing, but also if I want to stretch my abilities a little bit, I could try and, you know, 
get all these extra things here, but it's okay if you don't want to. Like, it feels like it's very much a puzzle game that's just like, hey, you want to try? Okay, no worries. <laughs> yeah, it's and... pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. And, but at the very least, sorry, I can't English today. It is very accessible, but at the same time, if you're like more experienced with puzzle games and want to really challenge yourself, you can do it. And I don't think there's a lot of puzzle games that do that. Like, no. you either solve the puzzle or you don't. Um, and it, it does have a nice hint system as well, where it literally gives you the single next step that you need and then lets you crack on from there. Yeah. And you have so many coins. Like, I don't know. Like, for me, I'm just like, I, can I ever use all of them? <laughs> I'm just like, this is great. Um, I really like that a lot because like, yeah, just seeing like what combination you need is often all you need to like get your head in the game. Like sometimes I'll just be like, oh, God damn it. What, what kind of, what's the shape I'm trying to make here? And then it's just like, oh, that's it. Okay. I don't need any more. I'm just like, just give me that shape and I'm good. But, and this is the counterpoint, it's not always the best way to yes. do it. Yeah. So yeah, if you, if you just want to get past the section, go for it. Use that hint. But if there's a crown that you need to try and get, or you're trying to shave a couple of boxes off your overall runtime um there is always scope to do that beyond the the set that gives you a great degree of flexibility to do things really outside the intended path um which you is could also say very, it's very outside cool. the box ah <laughs> uh, yes i like that big fan god of that. damn it <laughs> that was good pal <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, this should be called new game plus puzzle recommendations thinking outside the box <laughs> or yes. long titles yes yeah um okay well actually i'll i'll jump in here because this is actually one that i i think too like when i picked this one because i originally had a title that pal was going to talk about in the next section but i was like eh, you know what let's bring in a new one here um and it's similar to what you were saying earlier rick about ghost trick where i feel like this kind of is like sitting amongst so many genres and it's paradise mm. killer which like it's kind of a visual novel, but it's kind of a walking sim, but really it's like a puzzle game. And so it's kind of in all of these worlds. Um, and I mean, the closest one I think is it's in the walking sim genre, but really the whole idea with this game is that someone has been killed and you have to solve the murder, but it's super open ended. And like, there's no linear path to do this. Like you're just following um, like uh leads right and so you have to go through this whole sort of city and like figure out them follow the leads figure out what's going on and like it's very very possible to um you can start the trial kind of at any time and you can just fuck the trial up easily um and so really the puzzle becomes like seeing how everything fits together and um figuring out how to get through all these leads and then figuring out how to present all this information in the end and it's such a wonderful game. And I, I found it to be such an interesting take because, you know, we've had games like Ace Attorney and we have lots of, you know, puzzle detective games where you have to find the information and then present it. And that's, you know, and they're fine. But they've often been fairly linear because I think for a lot of times, at least, it, it's super difficult to construct a mystery that is compelling that can just be explored by a player right usually you have to really be careful with what information that you're giving out there because if you give too much it's like well now it's not interesting but like paradise killer does such an amazing job because the core mystery has so many branches to it and there's so many revelations that like no matter what lead you go through you're going to be getting something interesting and compelling 
Like I never found that I would go to someone and I was like, well, I already know all that. Like, it's like, no, everyone has a little something extra for me to learn. Um, and so I found that kind of, it, it felt like an actual investigation, I guess, you know, like when you're, you're discovering things and realizing that sometimes you're gonna have to push people a little harder than others and you can have to go around and let things can go wrong. Um, and it's also just gorgeous. It's very vapor where wave kind of look like, it's just like, it's so, oh, fuck, it's good. It's good shit. It's like broken reality. That's another game. It's like kind of in that vein that has that sort of same look. I just love that shit. Um, you know, that nineties aesthetic kind of thing. Um, anyway, so yeah, that, that would be for mine for interesting take would be paradise killer, but why don't we go on to our current or actually wait, have either of you played? I don't think either of you played paradise killer, right? No, I've seen it, but I I haven't played it, especially cause like, like, especially cause you like ghost trick too, Rick, like, I think you'd like paradise killer cause it's, I find it is an equally interesting take on a game like it's just a very compelling concept really um yeah maybe i mean it's on my play later list on game pass at some point oh because yeah it just went on game pass yeah oh yeah you did right play it on pc Uh, it's a good place to play it i think it's kind of point and clicky ish but i mean you're walking around anyway anyway let's get on to our current definitive modern interpretation which the definitive part but you know the one that we consider, you're like, damn, yeah, puzzle games, listen up. You should look at this one. <laughs> Must play. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump in first, if that's okay, because I, I, this, again, is similar in the vein of Paradise Killer a little bit, but Return of the Oberdin for me, is another game where I'm like, uh, it feels like I'm like, listen up, folks. <laughs> Take notes. Because <laughs> um, mm-hmm. this is Lucas Pope, I think, right? Um, it certainly yeah. is, yeah. Yeah. Um, of um, Papers, Please fame. Yes, which also, though, is incredible, right? Um, Turn the Overdone is amazing. I mean, this is another example of a game kind of like Paradise Killer in a a lot of ways where really you have to kind of solve these sort of leads on your own and, like, you've got this watch that can uh, essentially turn back time and, like, you can see uh, the moment of someone's death. And um, what's incredible is, like, you've got this ship, something has happened on the ship, the crew is dead, and you have to figure out who's the cause. You're basically an insurance agent who's, like, figuring out, like... Who's liable here? Um, and God damn, the story it unravels is so good. And the the way you do it is so clever and so um, satisfying. Like, I had so much fun with this game. And, and the only thing that's sad about this game is that once you've beaten it, you just can't play it again in the same way. And that's the only real sad. And that maybe is the true, the true sadness of puzzle games is that after you experience the puzzle game, Tis the last time you will get to experience it that way. <laughs> um, this is getting feel, deep. Yeah, but I feel arguably it's like worse than some genres, right? Like with RPGs and shit, like, you know, you're like, okay, well, I'll never get to experience the story the same way, but at least I can like make a new character and, and try new things in it. But with a puzzle game, it's just like, nah, son, like once you beat that shit, that's it. Like you beat it. You know the puzzles now, unless you play years later when you forget, but it's always kind of there, you know, you get through and you're like, oh, I remember this part. <laughs> um. So anyway, that's 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 mine. What about what about y'all? So oh, mine. mine. Ooh, oh, go ahead, go, ahead, go, go, go. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for mine is Baba is you, and mm. we already talked about how you sometimes have to think outside the box, but the developers kind of didn't even know this there was a box when designing this one, <laughs> because you. 
are like a little funny thing and you are able to move like these boxes are of text but you you create the rules of the puzzle and mm -hmm. i found, and i found that mind-blowing because there are sometimes multiple ways to solve some of the puzzles some of those i'm not even sure where the intended way to solve them but there's so much creativity on on both the design of the puzzles and the puzzle solving that I don't think like any two people are gonna have like the same run ever because of how much there is to this little game. This game so, yeah. broke me a little bit. I tried playing it. What? <laughs> Fuck! I can't figure this shit out. <laughs> it's so outside the box for me. Like I got through a fair bit, but then I, I just bounced off. And like I'm not sad or ashamed to admit that me too dumb for this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's very outside the box. And like honestly, like yeah, I don't know what it is. Maybe I have to come back to it at some point. But I remember I got through like I'm. It's not really worlds, but like they kind of have like anyway. It's like a, it's kind of like a second segment, and I was just like, I don't fuck. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do, <laughs> but it's very good. It's very good. And I you did probably finish have it. I it's a freebie somewhere. I know people at home will have it. I can't remember if it's EGS or yeah, EGS. Oh, I think it's on Game Pass. It's everywhere. Ukraine. Yeah, it's on the Ukraine bundle. Ukraine too. bundles. I think it's in a bunch ah. of them. I think Itchio and Humble did it. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's in a shit ton of bundles. <laughs> <laughs> it is everywhere. So go pick it out. If you're interested in this kind of puzzle solving, Rick, now you go ahead. Yeah, tell us all about yes, your Beetle Love. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, I've played this game four times through, um, and the first time was on PC, believe it or not. Mm, um, yeah. And then since then, I've played it through a few times on Vita. This is The Swapper. Um, and it, to my mind, it is one of the most perfect puzzle games. Um, it blends great puzzling, centering around like a, a body swapping and cloning mechanic um, with a real um, deceptively deep story. Um, goes to some philosophical places, but sort of leads you to the water and lets you um, decide what you want to drink or take from that. Um, but, you know, you, even if you ignore the story and ignore the beautiful claymation animation, um, everything in the game was either made with clay or um, harvested sort of real-life stuff that was um, handcrafted into other things. And that really pops on the Vita screen, although it does still look amazing on PC and other stuff. Even if you ignore all those extraneous stuff and just focus on the puzzles, the puzzles are really, really good. Mm. Um, all sort of tight single room affairs. Um, the game doesn't so much gate you off because most places um, don't require all of the points from all of the puzzles to move past them. So you have some flexibility and approach in that respect. Um, just a wonderful time and a really nice length as well. I think mm. the first time I played it, it took me something in the region of three and a half, four hours to beat. Um, it's been sub three hour playthroughs every other time. So it's the kind of game where you can really. Um, choose how you approach it it's very very 
amenable to sort of chipping away at it in 10, 15 minute chunks, you know, do one puzzle, two puzzles, go away, come back. Um, or as I've done in previous runs, you can set aside a few hours and just let yourself be lost in it. Uh, and the gameplay is engaging enough that it will take you that whole way through in the blink of an eye. Uh, it really is truly a special game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I remember playing this one on the PS4. I don't think I ever played it on the Vita, but I remember having a great time with it. Like, it's just, yeah, like you said, it's a unique, fun little adventure. I don't I don't remember a lot about it. Maybe I should give a replay at some point, but um, it's a good one. And it goes for hella cheap as well. I think I paid something like one fifty for it on yeah. um on PC, and then I went and bought a limited run on Vita, which I was very happy about. So that was a bit more expensive. But, was it a PS yeah, Plus game at some point? I feel like I could well have been. It could. Well I don't been. remember paying for it honestly. Um, um, yeah, but you have a hacked Vita, so oh no, it's PS4. You said wasn't it? Yeah, this is yeah, no, it. Must have been. Yep, it, it was. Yep, North American PS Plus subscribers got the swapper free. Oh, there you go. It was like in 2015 or something like that. It was a while ago. <laughs> well, the game's been out for a while. That's the thing. It's not spring chicken, but uh, very, very worthwhile chicken. Yeah, it was January 2015. That's when it came out on PS Plus. So, okay. Well, speaking of blast from the past, let's uh, go to our final category, which is uh, a hidden gem or acquired taste. Um, and yours has got a bit of a... a a retro flavor to it, hasn't it, Alex? This yeah. category. I probably should have maybe saved this if we ever did point and clicks or something, but I don't know. This one, again, genre. The reason I say it's acquired taste is it's Hypno Space Outlaw. And I really think it's not as hidden now. Like, I think it's been getting more, um, more kind of coverage. I think it came to Game Pass recently, so I think it's, it's got kind of a nice push there. Um, but I, mm. I would call it acquired taste because it is quite specific. Like, you're playing on what is kind of like a late 90s, early 2000s representation of the internet, but it's like this really specific company's internet. Like um, you, you basically work for this company and this internet is actually something that like jacks right into your brain. Like you're like put on this headband and like kind of as you sleep, you get to use the internet. It's kind of a capitalist hellscape kind of thing, but it's awesome. And so you're you're kind of like this moderator for the internet and for this company and you're going through and you're basically trying to find things that like, go against their terms of service and so it's very much a puzzle game because you try to find these elements um and the story unravels as you go along and you know it's it's in one part obviously kind of a nostalgic fate but it's really 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 compelling as a story and so it does not at all rely on that nostalgia like if you didn't grow up using the internet at that time it doesn't matter this is still a really compelling puzzle game with an interesting story if you did, it's going to be way more fun, like probably up, way up there in your kind of favorites. And for me, it was just like kind of like a warm hug the entire way through. Like it was just such a fun experience. And you really get a sense of like these people's lives as you're playing it, but not even necessarily like only to the extent that you could on the Internet. Right. But like you really start to notice characters appearing. Um, and it's just such a unique game because we've had some of those kind of desktop games, right? Where like you're on like someone's desktop and you're kind of doing things. And I find a lot of them are, are great, um, but often they're sort of done in this kind of narrative sense where like you're just kind of like role playing an individual, which is mm. fun and cool. But that's kind of like Secret Haven, a little bit like um, actually one of the ones we did in Steam Next Fest, but like even think like when we were playing like Emily O's Away and things like that, and like even like something like 
mixed messages, um, although less mixed messages, that one's more kind of like a visual novel. But anyway, you know what I mean, right? Like there are these sort of games where you're kind of playing as an individual. But Hypnospace Outlaw, I think what's unique about it is that it's very much a puzzle game. And it's less about you role playing this moderator and more about you're just you just happen to be a moderator and you're going to unravel a mystery on your computer. And like who hasn't when they're even younger or whatnot gone on that kind of like spiral of like trying to like investigate something on the Internet and you're like going through all the, you know, like it, it's just like it taps into that sort of fun and enjoyment. And yeah, I like I can't recommend it enough. And especially because it's on Game Pass now, I'm just like, oh, my God, pick this up and. But do yourself a favor, please, for the love of all that is holy, play this on the PC. I know it's available on, like, consoles and on Switch and stuff. But, like, f- for fuck's sakes, it's playing on the computer. <laughs> and you I mean, don't need a big computer to run screen, this. Right? Like, that might not be as bad. But... Yeah. And I don't know if it uses the touchscreen, though, to be honest, on the Switch. Maybe it does. Who knows? Um, if it, Man, if it's on PlayStation, I hope it can use the touchpad thing in the middle. But anyway, um, Chicory figured it out, so I'm sure this game can. But just saying like it's meant to be on your computer like i played this on my old shitty laptop and it worked completely fine and like i was just like it's so enjoyable to just like sit up in a chair and just like go through this as if you're on an old computer like i really really can't recommend that part of it enough but anyway that's hypnospace outlaw uh rick i see you've had choice paralysis a little bit um <laughs> yeah that's I've, a little I've, bit. Gone, I've gone for a ds triple feature um <laughs> i couldn't pick between any of these they are all Stone Cold 10 out of 10 classics for me. So I'll shoot through them. Uh, first, Henry Hatsworth in The Puzzling Adventure. Um, yeah, we talked this about is this an EA-published little project. I think we have touched on it previously in other situations. It is a um, 2D action platformer where every enemy you kill uh, on the top screen becomes a block on the bottom screen. And if you don't constantly switch between the two um, screens, and time doesn't pause, so you have to solve those puzzles while you're vulnerable on the top screen, um, those enemies will come back super powerful. Um, so it's this really cool um, juggling act on top of the platforming and the puzzling. Um, real novel sort of approach to splicing those genres together. Um, secondly, Soul Bubbles, uh, aka the greatest game you've never played. Um, it's a little puzzle game on the DS, again, because all three of them are, uh, about guiding spirits from A to B um, in bubbles that you can expand and contract and split and move around. Uh, super relaxing, super wholesome, beautiful sort of paintbrush-style art, kind of watercolory. Uh, a wonderful little soundtrack. Just a, 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 a joyous, cosy little game to play. Uh, and finally, My Magic Clash of Heroes, which combines um, a turn-based RPG-type thing with uh, match three elements and this is a game that i dreamed solving puzzles of um in the nights between playing it when i when i fell deep into this around high school it's got like a 30 hour campaign it's a real chunky beast of a game and the puzzling is phenomenal um the pc port's supposed to be pretty god awful so avoid that like the plague mobile port's supposed to be okay if you have original hardware, play this on DS. It isn't too hard to find. Alternatively, grab yourself an emulator. It's very emulatable because it's all touchscreen control anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, absolutely worth a look. And it, again, a mashup that um, is fairly novel and comes off beautifully. Hmm. That That's my cheating three. Paula, take us home. Yeah. Well, 
this last one is kind of quirky because the you are this guy who's like, you know what? I want to make a harem. So I'm gonna go to the underworld uh -huh. to hell. I'm gonna go to hell and I'm gonna pretty much like run around collecting uh girls pretty much. <laughs> but <laughs> Done it. Okay, but yes, continue. The... <laughs> Yeah, it is a very weird one, and if you don't vibe with that, like with any which like at all, you're you're not gonna like this. But the puzzle is surprisingly, is surprisingly fun. Like, like you have a limited amount of steps to get to a certain, like to the others to a certain part of the. Oh my god, I can speak today. You have a, a set amount of, of faces to get to where the girl in the level is. And you have to get there while dodging traps, killing enemies, and trying not to die in general. And sometimes you also have to, like, get, like, the boulder puzzles or get the key be before you go to to the door and unlock the door and get the girl but I feel like you won this assignment this is both a hidden gem and definitely an acquired taste <laughs> yep like a friend recommended this one to me because he was like hey this game is stupid but the puzzle is amazing so try this and I'm like but this looks like an harem, harem game. And he's like, yeah, but trust me on this one. This is actually pretty funny. The articles are oh, really yeah, good. And yeah. The puzzles are really good. But also, the other thing is is that there's like visual style, visual novel style decisions you have to take and you mm. sometimes can die on the spot because of them. Don't worry, you you don't lose your progress. You just, you just have to read it like the last puzzle. And if you, they are pretty small. So if you got it once, you're gonna get it again. And though the last puzzle goes insane, like the the last stage is is kind of brutal, not gonna lie. <laughs> At this point in time, this game has received free DLC. Oh, did I mention the game is free? Oh well. Shit. And it also has a it also has a Vita port unofficially. Oh. So if you have Wait, it does? <laughs> yeah, if you have a hack Vita, someone built a wrapper. So you take one of the game files from PC, you patch it, you put it on your Vita, it'll play. Beautiful. I, it's how I plan to play it. I've got it downloaded already. There you go. That was fast. <laughs> that was really fast. Oh, no, no. B before this episode, I haven't yeah. just done that. Oh, okay. I'm good. I'm not that good. Thanks. But yeah, like the game is about an hour or so. According to how long wow. to be, this is the site you may not have heard about. And there's like uh, a free DLC for it that I haven't played, but I plan to play it very soon. So, nice. yeah, that's the last one. Well, oh, awesome. Look at that. I mean, I feel a little remiss to end this without also mentioning um, Puzzle Quest. Did we all play Puzzle Quest back in the day? Uh, very briefly. Yeah. Oh, see, that game to me feels like it was almost like a little bit of a turning point in puzzle games. 
um, because it was suddenly this like nowadays it seems pedestrian compared to like what we have because we have puzzle games that are mixing genres like what Paolo just talked about but it was it's very much a match three where your idea is like an RPG you're like fighting enemies and whatnot and it's a, also it's kind of a sad tale now because like Puzzle Quest 3 I saw was released last month and has a strong mostly negative um <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it looks terrible Yikes. it looks like mobile game trash kind of thing but like never it never was that beautiful looking but that game to me kind of highlighted a time when because it was xbox live arcade and digital games were getting bigger and it was like oh we can have our puzzle games but with like extra elements to them interesting right like it was kind of like i feel like sort of the birth or the crest of the wave of games that kind of mix and meld puzzle elements in with different more like I don't know, different types of game genres. And I think even like games like Murder by Numbers and like some of the pixel games that we've been playing. But um, yeah, I don't know. To me, that that game always felt like this kind of special moment within the trajectory of puzzle games. But maybe that's another topic for another day is the trajectory, trajectory of how puzzle games have evolved over time because man, they've gone through some interesting, um, interesting permutations. But anyway, mm. any any final thoughts, team? I feel like we've recommended a great slew of puzzle games that you should all definitely try out. <laughs> I, my only final thought is that Puzzle Quest 3 does in fact look like hot garbage. It does indeed, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, what a bum note. Well, no. What a bum note it could have been, except for the 15 amazing games, as you say, that we've thrown people's way. I take that back 14 games me and Paolo both mentioned in Benta. <laughs> that's true there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but 14's not bad <laughs> oh. you know what they say 14 out of 15 ain't bad there you go that's okay he does look bad <laughs> yeah just Real so bad. you know yeah <laughs> just go play Hoonie Pop or something instead <laughs> yes that's a oh, game no, we didn't mention puzzle game how did we not mention Hoonie Pop yeah, I don't know. We did well, mention Daygear, but we should have mentioned Candy Pop instead. It's hard for when it comes to like match three game. I don't know why, but match three is always like, it's actually a pretty difficult to make, I think, a really good match three. But at the same time, when you play a good match three, you're like, oh yeah, it's just a match three. But like, those are excellent and I love them. <laughs> and this is the rub because Honey, ironically, um, because Honey Pop 3 is exceptional as a match three game. But you also have to navigate around the fact that it's got titties. Yeah, well, Hoonie Pop 2, right? There's only two, isn't there? Is there three? I don't even know. I oh, know there's two. There's two. There's but two, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's matched to hey, right. scary, bro. Yeah, I know. And this is the thing. If you get any kind of, you know, yad. Yeah, like, I, in, oh. I, I can't say to anyone in real life with a straight face, oh, yeah, play Honey Pop. It's great because <laughs> I've become a social pariah. Like, right? Yeah. You no, know, it's just good. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I play Honey Pop for the match three. I know, right? You're like, but that's actually the best part. <laughs> it is. This I mean, game aren't even very smutty, honestly. Is the thing they're they're like they're like childishly so. Like, <laughs> it's yeah, almost like... satirical. In fact, it probably is satirical. It's pretty satirical. Not, yeah, you're right. There's there's not much, but the, there's enough. Yeah, but it's there. <laughs> it is there. I was thinking, like, if someone came out of nowhere and recommended me Honey Pop Three, I will. Honey Pop 2 or Honey Pop 1. Uh, I would probably look at them with the same face I look at a friend when he said, Hey, play Doki Doki Literature Club. And I saw the the like the presentation. I, I saw the page on Steam. And I was like, Is this what I think it is? And I play Otome games. I have no right to judge. But at the same time, we were like in a in a public space and he was showing me the game. And I'm like, 
Don't show really me here. here. <laughs> yeah. And I'll he's never... like, it is not what you think it is, I swear. Yeah, we'll never judge you here on the podcast, but we can't promise no one will. <laughs> the, yeah. the only reason we might judge you is if you didn't smash the like button underneath this oh, video. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, tell I've us what puzzle in. games you, you would recommend. Um, because we're always down for some good puzzle games. So, you know, use our categories if you want or just shout it out to us. We're happy to hear. Um, and like we said, no judgment. <laughs> uh, we just run. That's it. Yeah, I, I like, maybe a probably. little bit of judgment. <laughs> yeah, you do maybe, speak to yourselves. Yeah, yeah, maybe judgment. I won't judge you out loud. <laughs> You'll only silently judge. <laughs> I'm very Canadian, very polite. I, I silently judge. I never out loud judge. Come on now. <laughs> And when it happens in your head, you'll impulsively apologize for the thoughts that you have. Exactly. I'm so sorry. I don't mean... (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I'm sorry that we've kept you for so long. (laughs) 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 But we'll see you next time. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.